from the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. Welcome along to WIA National News. Believe it or not, that recording is off 137.56 back in 1971. What is it? Well, you'll find out in just a moment as we get ready to read and you get ready to listen to WIA National News for week commencing September 25. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Well, lots of news to get through this week, so down to it. But first, don't forget to check out Amateur Radio Magazine for October for many great articles, including details on what may very well be the best WIA AGM ever to be held at Mildura. Already, prices and activities are announced. You'll find them all on the back page of this month's AR Magazine. The DX page by VK4OQ is a great companion to keep in the shack rather than myriads of overseas DX newsletters. Arguably the best written article in October's AR magazine is penned by the new Ipswich Amateur Radio Club president, VK4MIA Derek, who definitely did not miss anybody in action with that club's activation of VI4FI Sandy Cape Light on Fraser Island during the International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend. Now, we played a recording at the start of this news, and there are plans to revive it. Plans to revive a 1970s UK satellite that was heard on 137.560 MHz. Forty years ago, the United Kingdom's first satellite, launched on a UK-built rocket, went into space. Now, a team from the Mullard Space Science Laboratory in Surrey are attempting to revive it. The Prospero spacecraft was launched by a Black Arrow rocket on October 28, 1971 from Woomera here in VK, carrying a series of experiments to investigate the effects of the space environment. The satellite operated successfully until 1973 and was contacted annually until 1996. Its beacon on 137.560 MHz was last heard by amateurs in 2006. WIA National News, it's to one of our directors, none other than VK6 POP, Bob Bristow. Many organisations have a code of conduct. As far as I can tell, the Wireless Institute of Australia doesn't have one as such. We do have a corporate ethics document which is more about how the organisation will behave when engaged in business with another organisation. We do not appear, however, to have one of those one-page instruments with a list of behaviours or qualities that mark a good amateur radio operator. There are a few versions of an amateur radio code of conduct floating around the internet, however the ones that I've seen are a bit too wordy to discuss here in detail. Perhaps the board could develop such a document in time, but time will tell. In the meantime, what would such a code of conduct require of us? I can readily think of three main headings. There may be more, however, I'll discuss three. Firstly, we must show respect to one another for all the meanings of respect that we can think of. We must show respect for individuals' background, 
disabilities, religion, political and sexual orientation, etc. There are many aspects of respect that we ought to consider. We ought especially to show respect when we communicate, be it on air, online, by email or on the phone. And secondly, we must keep the good name of amateur radio intact. Our behaviour on air, both in how we express ourselves and how we relate to others, is very much on show. Everyone's listening, it seems, and judgments will be made depending on what's heard. And my third point is that we must act lawfully in line with the legislation and le regulations that we are subject to both under our licences and as citizens. So with only three headings we have it covered. We should be acting respectfully towards each other, we have the good name of our hobby to uphold and we have legal obligations to be good boys and girls when using our toys. Well, that's it really. I can't conclude however without saying that the vast majority of people that I have interacted with or heard on air are doing those things. We all, however, need to be aware of what a code of conduct requires of us or would require of us and we need to remind ourselves to take it on board. I'm Bob VK6POP, Director of the Wireless Institute of Australia. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in the mid-north of South Australia. It can be heard on VK5RMN uh, 146.700 at 9am Sunday. I'm Bob, VK5MRW. Around VK we go. I'm Graham VK4BB. And in this edition, we'll be stopping off in VK5 to hear from David VK5KC with some notes from the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society. In VK4, we'll hear from Doug Friend VK4OE on today's Brisbane VHF Group activity, the Test and Tune Day, to be held at VK4 ZDX's place at Camp Hill. And VK2. In VK2, the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club celebrates its 40th birthday with an anniversary lunch at the Port Macquarie Golf Club, 12 noon, Sunday, October 2. Visitors and their families are welcome at the port. All amateur radio operators who attend will receive an attractive commemorative certificate. In VK4, congratulations go out to Myron Allen, who has just obtained his call sign, Victor Kilo 4, Foxtrot Hotel Alpha Alpha, following successful completion of the foundation assessment in Townsville during August. Watch out for Myron on the HF bands as he experiments with various NVIS setups. Hello again from Doug Friend, VK4OE from the Brisbane VHF Group. Concerning the forthcoming two microwave activity events that are being organised by the group, here are some more details of the Test and Tune Day on Sunday the 25th of September at Rob Bathgate, VK4ZDX's place at 53 Arrol Street, Camp Hill. Commencement time should be around 10am and we are willing to continue through to approximately 4pm depending on demand. The services available are power measurement through microwave frequencies up to 50 gigahertz, return loss measurements up to 26 gigahertz, signal generators to 18 gigahertz, Spectrum analysis up to 50 gigahertz, minimum discernible received signal level measurement, automatic noise figure and gain measurement up to 1.9 gigahertz and possibly higher. And all of this in the presence of interested and helpful amateurs who are willing to try and solve any challenges that may emerge. All microwave interested amateurs and friends are welcome to be present and weather-wise the event will happen rain, hail or shine. Regarding food, it is not the group's intention to provide meals, but simple drinks will be available. 
The VHF group looks forward to meeting whoever will come. This has been Doug Friend, VK4OE, from the Brisbane VHF group. Good morning. This is David, VK5 Kilo Charlie, with notes from the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society. September has been a big month for the club. Saturday, September the 3rd, was the official opening of the club shack. This is a fully renovated building on the property of the Blackwood Guide Hall. The following weekend, nine people attended a training course held at the shack. All were successful with seven new foundation licences and two standard. Congratulations to all and thanks to Sassy, Barry, Paul and Kevin for their work. Thursday the 15th, at the regular meeting, Barry VK5BW demonstrated his vector analysis unit. Barry made it from a kit and demonstrated SWR filter properties and the sharpness of a loop antenna. Saturday the 17th, a joint gathering with the North East Radio Club saw surplus computer power supplies modified to 13.5 volts high current operation. And yesterday, many members joined in for breakfast at the shack. This will become a regular event on the last Saturday of each month. And finally, a reminder of the annual buy and sell, Sunday, November the 20th. See the club website, www.ahars.com.au, for details. From the WIA News Hub in Perth and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. What use is an F-call? Over the past few weeks, I've been encouraging you to listen to the news, to get on air and participate. It's easy enough for me to say, but I can understand that it might not be so simple for you to actually achieve. Imagine for a moment that you have at least got the prerequisites. That is, you have a license, you have a radio, antenna, power supply, it's all plugged in, and when you move the dial you can hear stations. I realise that this assumes a whole lot of things which might not yet be true, but bear with me. I'm trying to make a point. Imagine, if you will, that you have your microphone in your hand or on your desk and your finger is hovering over the magic push to talk button. Now what? What do you say? Whom do you say it to? How will you know it works? The simplest way to start is to jump in and get your feet wet. But I know that might be a little daunting for you. So instead, why not tune to a station and see what's happening? Last week, I was introduced to the 7130DX net by another amateur. At the time, we were sitting on the ocean with our respective radios tuning to see what was around, and he suggested tuning to 7.130 MHz. There was a whole group of people talking, and at first it was quite confusing. After a little while, some structures started appearing, and I could begin to understand what was happening. In short, people from around the globe all tuned to the same frequency at the same time with the single purpose of talking to each other. You might want to have a look at their website, which explains in great detail what it is and how it works. The web address is www.7130dx.net. That is whiskey 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 dot seven one three zero delta x ray dot November Echo Tango. And the net runs Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 0930 UTC on 7.130 MHz. Why am I telling you about this? What's the point? It's simple. 
you need to understand the lingo to be able to speak the lingo. Just like speaking Italian in a room full of Japanese is not a good way to communicate, speaking without knowing the words on an amateur radio band is a challenge. Finally, a tip. Learn your phonetic alphabet. Use it to read out number plates in the car, read out street signs, recite the alphabet. Use it, that is, Uniform Shara Echo, India Tango. Go forth and Charlie Oscar Mike Mike Uniform November India Charlie Alpha Tango Echo. I say again, Charlie Oscar Mike Mike Uniform November India Charlie Alpha Tango Echo. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Fox Lima Alpha Bravo. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in the ACT region, where it can be heard on our Mount Janini 2 metre and 70 centimetre repeaters, 146.950 and 438.050, on Sunday mornings at 0900 local time. This is Alan, VK1 Whiskey X-Ray. Home of the good guys, VK1WIA. George Sturgis, Victor Kilo 4, Whiskey, Quebec, has been awarded an Honorary Ambulance Officer of the Year. This awarded to an Honorary Ambulance Officer who has made a significant contribution to QAS and has worked cooperatively to support paramedics. George Sturgis, VK4WQ, has been a volunteer driver with Jandawi QAS in VK4 since 2008. And, quoting from his award... George's volunteer driving contribution allows the Jandawi QAS officers to spend quality time with their patients and provide timely transport to medical facilities. George always shows professionalism and is respectful of patient confidentiality when assisting the Jandawi officers. His local knowledge of local areas has enabled him to construct detailed mapping of the Jandawi QAS catchment area and George's willingness to go the extra distance to serve patients and the QAS is the reason he has been nominated and awarded the Honorary Ambulance Officer of the Year Award for 2011 for the Southwest Region in VK4. Congratulations, Victor Kilo for Whiskey Queen, one of the good guys. From VK1 WIA, this is the National News Service. Tune in today, focus on tomorrow. Not a sound to be heard. We pause and remember another silent key. Last Monday, I attended a memorial service for Peter Hughes, VK6, Hotel United. Peter passed away several days earlier after a long illness. He was almost 83 years old. Peter joined Scouts at the age of 11 and remained a member until his death. He achieved a King Scout Award and several other service and good conduct awards as an adult. Peter held several positions in scouting and attended national and international events. Life changed for Peter when he was appointed Jota Organiser for Western Australia in 1969. Some two years later, having realised that he really should take a look at amateur radio, Peter, after a year of study, got his licence and gained the call sign VK6HU. Peter filled the role of Jota Organiser for Western Australia for 16 years. From the beginning of 1985, Peter was appointed Jota Organiser for Scouts Australia. He held this role for 11 years. 
During his time as state and national Jota organiser, Peter coordinated or participated in the amateur radio and electronics activities at jamborees and other major scout events. In 1980, Peter was named WA Amateur of the Year by the WIA VK6 Division. During Jota 2007, the radio scouting headquarters in Perth was named the Peter Hughes Scout Communications Centre in recognition of his considerable contribution to amateur radio in scouting. Peter told me that he was deeply honoured by this recognition from his peers. The funeral service was a joyous celebration of a life filled with achievements, giving of himself to his community and a loving husband and father. Peter, being the super-organised person he was, orchestrated a good part of his funeral service, and as his two sons and daughter read Peter's script of his life, we laughed and reflected on this man whom we loved and respected. 7-3, Peter Hughes, VK6HU, Silent Key. You're listening to WIA National News on most amateur bands throughout New South Wales from VK2WI Sydney and affiliate relay stations. For details of frequencies, visit www.arnsw.org.au. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1WIA. World famous here in Australia, it's the WIA National News on the international front with thanks to the RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA, HF Band Plan. A revised IARU Region 1 HF Band Plan has been published. The changes are minor and affect 40 metres and 10 metres only. On 40 metres, CW contest preferred segment of 7 to 7.025 kHz has been withdrawn. This means in practice CW contests on 40 metres are no longer confined to the first 25 kHz segment. There has also been changes to the FM part of 10 metres with adjustments to the simplex channels and the addition of four new repeater channels. L.A. cell phone ticket given to ham operating whilst driving. A California ham has been cited for operating mobile using a two-meter radio installed in his car, and this could become a test case to find out whether the restrictive anti-cell phone law can be used against other two-way radio users. According to a note from Dick McKay, K6VGP, a member of the Disaster Amateur Radio Network, identified as Irving Osser, KE6YR, received a ticket for using his amateur two-meter radio in his car. According to McKay, the Los Angeles motorcycle officer stated that he saw Osser on his cell phone. KE6YR tried to show the officer the two-meter radio with the coil cord microphone and said he was talking to another amateur on the radio. He also tried to show the officer the hands-free system he uses on his BlackBerry and finally tried to show him the cell phone log that indicated no calls were made or received, but the officer was not interested in hearing about any of it, and it's now become a tell-it-to-the-judge matter. The FCC has issued Rapid Wave LLC of Saratoga Springs, Utah, a $25,000 notice of apparent liability for forfeiture order. This for operating a 5 gigahertz unlicensed Part 15 system in a manner inconsistent with rules and for allegedly causing interference to an FAA terminal Doppler weather radar system serving the Salt Lake City International Airport. Amateur Radio Newsline's Jim Davis, W2JKD, has the details. According to the FCC, on October the 27, 2010, an enforcement agent from the Denver office, along with FAA personnel, 
located emissions at 5,600 megahertz coming from a Ubiquity Extreme Range 5 transceiver located at the Lake Mountain Communications Site in Saratoga Springs, Utah. The site in question was identified as being operated by Rapid Wave LLC. Over the next 24 hours, the FAA and the FCC personnel established that this system at the Lake Mountain site was the source of the interference. According to the FCC, all 5 gigahertz unlicensed national information infrastructure devices operating in the 5.25 to 5.35 gigahertz and 5.475 to 5.725 gigahertz bands must contain circuitry known as dynamic frequency selection. This is a radar detection capability which allows them to detect the presence of radar systems and avoid co-channel interference. During the Lake Mountain site inspection, it was determined that it was operating. The transceiver did not have dynamic frequency selection functionality. RapidWave changed the operating frequency to stop the interference to the Salt Lake City Doppler radar weather forecast. The system also revealed that RapidWave had added a high-gain parabolic antenna to the system. Calculations performed by the FCC agent indicated the effective radiated power for this system may have exceeded the maximum permitted by the FCC rules for operation on the frequencies used by RapidWave. Those stories from the Average Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6 ITF. News, talk and radio sport. Here with VK1 WIA. Hi, this is Leslie, VK5LOL. That is VK5 Lima Oscar Lima, the Alara Contest Manager. I just want to remind you that I need to receive your Alara contest logs by Friday the 30th of September, either by mail or email. Thank you. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. Special events and on our contest column, date line 2011. October 1 and 2, OC Oceania DX contest phone. October 8 and 9, OC Oceania DX contest CW. October 16, VK6, West Australia VHF Group Spring Scramble. October 22, WIA Jack Files Contest. November 26 and 27, WIA Spring VHF UHF Field Day. The 2011 Oceania DX Contest is now only days away, with the phone SSB the first weekend in October and the CW section the second weekend. This is a great opportunity to work a lot of DX stations in our Oceania area. The aim of the contest is to promote HF contacts with stations in the Oceania region. Oceania stations can work other Oceania and non-Oceania stations. Non-Oceania stations can only work Oceania stations. Phone 0800 hours UTC Saturday 1 to 0800 hours UTC Sunday 2nd October. CW 0800 hours UTC Saturday 8 to 0800 hours UTC Sunday 9 October. The WA VHF Group Spring Scramble is happening on Sunday 16 October between 02.30 and 04.30 hours UTC. The object is to contact as many different stations as possible on as many bands 50 MHz and above as possible. All license modes can be used and extra points can be earned for working portable and country stations. Oceania Ladder Sprints Philip ZL2 TCD wants to know if there is anyone keen or interested in a ladder competition over three modes over three bands. 30 minute sessions in each mode, 
over 11 months' best of 10 score, with the lowest score dropped. One night a month, but not in December. I know this all sounds extremely complicated, but I am guessing that if you're into contests, you would know how these ladders work. Philip is looking for two more trustees to help administer this and do a final rules draft, so if you are interested, please email zl2tze at yahoo.com.au. Also, you can read Philip's complete note to national news when you read this week's text edition. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News. In Mildura, it can be heard on VK3RMA 146.800 every Sunday at 9.30am. This is Brian, VK3SXR, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Groups News, beginning with ARDF. The 8th Region 3 Amateur Radio Championships are being held as we speak at Malden, Victoria, here in Australia. These games are hosted by the Wireless Institute of Australia and are being run by the Victorian ARDF Group. The program for the 2011 Region 3 ARDF Championships is as follows. Friday 23rd of September was Arrival Day, Saturday an Equipment Check and Opening Ceremony. Today, Sunday 25th, is the 2-metre ARDF Competition. Tomorrow, a tour day for the competitors to have a look around. Tuesday the 27th is the 80-metre competition, a closing banquet and awards ceremonies. And Wednesday's departure day. Good luck to all competing, and I'm sure we'll have a wrap-up from the organisers in coming weeks. To the final frontier. Amateur Radio CubeSat, FitSat1 plans to transmit 115.2K digital data in the Amateur Satellite Service 5.8GHz band and will also carry an optical communications experiment. FitSat1 should be deployed from the International Space Station by robot arm in late 2012. It will generate about 2 watts RF output using a 16 watt DC input. The main mission will be to demonstrate high-speed data transfer from a satellite. It can transmit a VGA-sized 640x480 pixel JPEG photograph in only 5 to 6 seconds. To IOTA News, you may remember that a Belgian team attempted a landing on Rockall in May 2009. This was unsuccessful due to the weather conditions at the time. They're now planning to try again with a projected date being around the 27th or 28th of September. Rockall is the rarest of the European IOTA islands with only one activation a few years ago when just over 200 QSOs were made. The IOTA reference is EU189. ILLW news. With 11 months to go to the third weekend in August 2012, some 70 have already registered, almost instantly after the International Lighthouse and Lightship weekend registrations opened. There was a record number of 470 this year from 55 countries. The next event has entrants already from Argentina, Australia, Denmark, England, France, Germany, Honduras, Italy, Netherlands, New Zealand, Poland, Scotland, Sweden, US and Wales. The fun weekend continues to grow and it's no surprise that those already listed have made an early commitment to show their strong support. It will be held on August 18th and 19th next year and the website illw.net is well worth a visit to read the reports of activations held this year. There's also a Facebook page with more than a 1,000 fans and online registration. Radio Amateur Young Timers Young Timers ARRL forms youth in the Second Century Committee. The ARRL wants to learn more about getting youngsters into ham radio and has formed a special committee to find out how. 
According to an internet posting credited to K0CA, ARRL board have approved a motion authorising the appointment of a youth in the Second Century Committee. ARRL President K. Craigie, N3KN, has since appointed the committee, which is chaired by Rocky Mountain Division Director and former amateur radio newsline Youngham of the Year, Brian N5ZGT. The purpose and goals of this committee are to enhance the league's outreach to potential radio amateurs amongst America's youth. It will make recommendations to the staff and will report to the board of directors beginning in January 2012. To radio scouting, the Jota cluster now has a web interface after last year's success with 883 unique stations visiting the Jota cluster. There now is a web interface for those stations that cannot run a cluster client program. Hopefully this enables even more stations to post Jota spots on the cluster. The Jota cluster can be found on the text edition of this newscast. Special interest groups, VHF and above, here's a quickie. The ARRL is looking at super high-frequency band plans. The ARRL board has established a committee to update the suggested band plans on 33, 23, 13 and 9 centimetres. Catch you next week. Well, that does take us to the end of WIA National News for week commencing September 25, 2011 on the social scene. September 23 through to 28, happening right now, Region 3 ARDF Championships. September 30 through to October 2 in VK4 is the Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM. October 23 in VK3, Hamvention Ballarat, that's the Sunday, October 23. And November 20 in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest. Till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.